0: It's not enough to attack other people's biases. We need to first recognize what biases are, how they work, and use the power they wield over us better. Hi, hope you're well. This is P.D. at the Art of Self-Development. This podcast is for everyone who's interested in psychology and who wants to develop the most useful people and life skills for yourself and for the people around you. It has become fashionable to talk about biases, what snap judgments we make about other people and how we treat specific races or ethnic groups or any other groups for that matter unfairly, and it has gone so far as today we can have people cancelled or artists cancelled for saying the wrong thing that they believe is true and as with all things, there are good and bad things happening as a result the thing about bias is, it is very easy to see it in other people it is not at all easy to see it in yourself Which is why cancel culture exists, at least in part, and with the best intentions. You see, it is fairly easy to see when somebody discriminates or when somebody makes judgments about another person who is clearly different. At the same time, I guarantee you have the same triggers for some things and some people around you that you are not aware of because it's not something you do consciously. Biases, in fact, are unconscious processes that we all have for all kinds of things that allow us to make quick decisions about something. And these things have a purpose. When human society was younger, we had to make these snap decisions about new things, about things that were unfamiliar, particularly about people who came from other tribes, other nations. Nowadays, when we are all connected, we live in a completely different society. These things are kind of obsolete. We don't need them nearly as much, but they are still there. Because they are part of our biological makeup. They don't just go away. So, rather than being all woke and trying to catch other people when they express any biased view or position I think it's a really good idea to first get to understand what biases are how they work and how you can counter them because you can't just order other people to not have biases the idea is ludicrous you can punish them for some behaviors that they do that are objectively not right But then again, if they don't know what they're doing and why, in a sense, that punishment will be unfair and will do more harm than good. So let's take a look at some of the most important or the most prevalent biases, especially when it comes to dealing with people, such as the conformity bias. This is what we often mean when we talk about peer pressure. When you are in a group of peers and they want you to do something or to think something that you don't want to do or think, you will be more likely to do so, just because of other people. There was this famous experiment in social psychology where test subjects had to determine the length of a line in a textbook. So you had this line, and then you had three other lines, one of which was clearly the same length. The others were clearly different. And what happened is, the subject chooses the right length, of course, but then a group of peers will say, no, that's not correct, this other length is correct. And they will insist, all of them. And what happens is, in vast majority of cases, 75% of them, the person will actually say that this incorrect solution is actually correct. In spite of clear evidence, even though they see it with their own eyes, they will say that another thing is correct, and in many cases they will believe it. Now, if you think this is over the top, it kind of is, but this is how we work. Without knowing it, again. It's not the person's fault to have this hard wiring in their head. We all have that. We're just really good at not seeing it. For us. Another common bias is the attraction bias or the beauty bias. That is, if we see a person who's attractive, you can see a beautiful young woman. You're more likely to think just because she's beautiful that she's very successful even though the two things have nothing to do with each other. And again, this might explain, it might partially explain why a boss might want a young attractive secretary. Because on some level, they actually believe she will be good at her job. And this is not the full explanation, of course, but it can be a part of it. Or consider the similarity bias. Maybe there's a job interview that you are conducting and one of the applicants reminds you of somebody you know, like somebody in your family or somebody you used to know as a child. That person will likely seem more attractive to you than other people and possibly by a lot. Again, you may not realize it, but you will think differently of that person your behavior towards that person will be different. And we are not good at gauging our behavior or seeing how we treat different people in different ways. So that person will be considerably more likely to get hired. Another one is the halo effect, where there's one thing about that person that we like or that we think shows them as really competent or successful. Maybe they went to a really good school or they had very good grades. So we take that one thing and we expand it to everything else that person might be doing, thinking they must be really good at all of it, unconsciously. That person will seem like they have a halo around them compared to the others. A different one is the contrast bias. If you have different candidates or different students at an exam, they should all be treated equally. They should all be considered based on their own merit and nothing else. But of course that doesn't happen. What will happen is we will compare the candidate with the person who came before them and the one who comes after. Again, every professional will try not to do it but you can't avoid it altogether. A really interesting one is the attribution bias. And this is something that I sometimes talk about in different contexts, in the context of succeeding and changing your attitude to be at your best. Because it is a funny one, but it can also be very useful. The attribution bias, what it does is It considers something that you did, something where you succeeded or didn't succeed and it'll make a conclusion about why it happened. If what you did was a success, it'll attribute you with the agency. You succeeded, that means you did it. It was your success. If, on the other hand, you failed, it wasn't your doing, it wasn't your fault, Something else happened that prevented you from succeeding. It was something about the situation that did not allow you to succeed in spite of all your talents or it was other people's fault. That's generally how it works. And of course this one is funny when you look at it that way because you're deceiving yourself in some way. But then again, This one used in moderation can be useful because you won't beat yourself up too much about your failures and you will be more empowered and better able to take things in your own hands and be positive and optimistic where it's useful. Sometimes I talk about unhelpful ways in which we lie to ourselves. Well, this is one of those that can be useful to a degree then of course I have to mention the confirmation bias, which may be one of the most common and possibly the best known. The confirmation bias says that we are very quick to make opinions. We base everything based on those opinions. We are not really open to changing our beliefs. So what happens is we get into a situation with a belief already formed and then We will not check whether or not the belief is true. What we will do is we will cherry-pick. We will see the things that support our opinion and we will choose not to see evidence to the contrary. And again, this is very easy to see from another person's perspective. But in the moment when you are doing it, you are oblivious. You don't see it. This is why a person believing in a conspiracy theory will not respond well to facts. If you argue with them, maybe they tell you that they believe the Earth is flat and you try to give them objective evidence of it not being true, as in, maybe you're by the sea and you can see the ships going beyond the horizon slowly rather than just disappearing in the distance. They will not accept it. Their mind is made up And they will only look for evidence that confirms what they already believe. So much that it's almost impossible to argue with them. It can in fact be counterproductive. It'll make them believe even more that the earth is flat. That's how powerful confirmation bias is. Biases are everywhere. They're part of our mental makeup. They're not something that'll go away. They're not even something that should go away. But we have every reason, especially in this day and age, to get better at seeing them at work, at distinguishing them from other mental processes that might be more helpful at the time, so that you watch the triggers that launch them into action. And it can be helpful to see it in other people See how they get triggered and how absurd beliefs they can exhibit. But at the same time, if you think that the other person is stupid because of that, if you make that judgment, you're missing the point. You have your own triggers, your own biases that will seem equally silly to another person. So ultimately, you cannot cure another person's bias you cannot change it. What you can do is to lead by example. By becoming better at realizing your own biases in different situations, realizing the typical triggers that you have. And then work at becoming more aware, more conscious when they happen, so they don't need to take over. They become more of a curiosity, something that happens to you that is almost amusing to see and then not follow. So biases are really interesting. They're something that is here. They're here to stay. At the same time, we should learn more about them and not just in theory, but really in practice, studying, observing them, how they work in us so that we can claim more of the power that they wield and use it in different situations, for our benefit and for the benefit of the person they may be aimed against. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of Self Development. Remember that learning is a change of behavior. You can adjust your thoughts and your environment to better suit your goals, and it works best if you do it for other people's benefit. You can support this podcast by writing me a comment or suggestion at pdartofsd at gmail.com or just by telling your friends. Whatever you do today, leave the world a little better than you found it.